W. Davis and Pavi. Welcome to the Spark Report, y'all. We're live on YouTube, MLG Highlights and Hoops and Brews Media. What's going on, Pav? How you feeling, man? I'm good, man. How are you? I'm doing well. It is game week. It's the game. WNBA is starting up on Saturday. The first game is going to be Sabrina versus Sue Bird. The second game is going to be the Sparks versus the Mercury. I mean, they got a nice little lineup for the first that's, game. That's, that's 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 a great two-game lineup. Right. It's a, great, it's a great, very great opening day two-game lineup. As much as I try to – and it's another game after that. And as much as I try to get on you about Sabrina, like she is the one that you want to market around. Of course. I respect that. You have to market around her. And why not give her the first game? Why not have her play against – the Seattle Storm, which is the closest WNBA team to Oregon. It makes perfect sense. That and the fact, I mean, I, I think the Storm realistically are the best team in the league this year. It win healthy. So um, I think she'll probably, in my humble, I mean, I think they'll probably lose the game. If they win the game, hot takes are going to fly. <laughs> like if they win the game. And she <laughs> if they like, win that game, man, we're in trouble. If they win the game and like, and like she goes out there and scores 20 points, hot takes are going to fly are going to fly and that's the start of her MVP campaign. Yeah, if she wins that game if if she wins that game and she has close to a triple double in the first week oh, then you go ahead and you can say Sabrina for MVP and I might have to co-sign because at that point you would have to give it to her for just straight off most valuable player. Not the best, but just most valuable. Like you have to like truly do the definition of the award. And just give it to her if she's really coming in like that and changing the game, like Candace Parker did. I mean, you wouldn't like have to give her the award, but I would just think you. I give it to her, but 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 I would think you as a league, like you like you just said, it makes sense to market around Sabrina. I think double. No, no, I'm saying like if she comes anywhere close to doing what we think, well, that what well what what she's been painted out that she will do, which Mm -hmm. is I mean again, people talk about her like she's rebirth of women's basketball, so she's the rebirth of. Of of a uh, women's basketball, she's coming in into the league. Like you said, the league should do everything that they can to market her. And if she's that good, the, then then she basically fulfilled a hype, and the hype machine is already behind her MVP. And the other thing they did is, for some reason, if she's not that good, they have flexibility towards the second half of the season. They don't have to put the liberty on as many nationally televised games. I mean, they are the biggest media market. So if they're competitive, they'll keep playing. But if for some reason something happens and it doesn't work out, then they have some flexibility there. But we talked about uh, – go ahead. I mean, I just think you keep them on TV regardless. I mean, I, I mean, obviously if they like 1 in 12. No. That's what I'm saying. That's what but, I'm saying. It's just like drastic. Yeah, but like as long as at least they're marginally competitive, you know, especially yeah. with, you know, hopefully, 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 hopefully we can get back to playing sports more in the normal way next season uh, with them going to move into Barclay. Where they, where they, where they, I think it was supposed to move, move to Barclays this year, if I'm, on, if I'm not were. mistaken, right? Yeah, they so were. next year, if they actually move into Barclays, you want to be able to make sure that you got your L.A. franchise secured and you got your New York franchise secured, especially for a growing league. Right. So speaking of the L.A. Sparks, this is a Spark Report. Thank you for joining. If you're watching, like, comment, tell us what you think in the chat because we want to talk about Candace Parker. I want to know your feelings about Candace Parker. This is a 6'4 player. She's listed as a forward center. At one point, she was listed on the Olympic team as a guard 
forward and center. The only person I've ever seen listed as that in the sport of basketball, period. And like she is who she is. Like if you know anything about basketball, you know about Candace Parker. She comes from a basketball family. Her brother played in the NBA, Anthony yeah. Parker. Anthony Her brother Parker. still works for the Orlando Magic in the front office. She's like on team. Too, if I'm not mistaken. Right. She's played for the Cavs, played for the Raptors, played for a lot of teams. Yeah. Um, but and then she's on TNT. She's still on TNT in the Wubble, in the WNBA yeah. bubble. So Candace Parker is the biggest name on the Sparks. She says she's healthy. She looks to be in really good shape. And she's looking for a challenge this year. And what better challenge than coming out, staying healthy, and making an impact over 22 games in a bubble scenario in seven weeks, 22 games in seven weeks. That means some weeks they're going to play four games in a week. That's a lot of basketball. At least they ain't got to travel. At least they exactly. don't fight. And that's exactly fight. her response. I don't have to travel 30 minutes after a game. I could already be starting my rehab process. I could be um, back home. Um, as far as Candace goes, I mean, from everything that we've heard so far, you know, through all like the press conferences, again, she seems healthy. She seems excited. I mean, I think even you asked her, you know, about, you know, seeing uh, her daughter pick up the game. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, I remember even I, I actually didn't get a chance to ask this on um, media day because we were, you know, um, doing it, um, interviews. But I remember even LeBron talking about, you know, seeing his son play basketball and how it kind of maybe I I think he said this. Um, ignites the childlike spirit that you once had for the game. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? Because sometimes you go through basketball and it becomes, you know, you know, you play it for so long and you know, there's, there's pressure and it becomes a business and you deal with the politics of basketball. And sometimes I don't want to say you forget why you play, but like it maybe still some of that childlike joy. And I think that, you know, when you see your kids picking up something, just doing it just for the simple fact of like, I like doing it. It kind of reignites some of that back in, you know, you. And um, I think she has her daughter down there with her. She does. If I'm not mistaken. Yeah. So I think that, you know, hopefully um, she can, I mean, them then not saying she doesn't have fun playing basketball, but hopefully she can have more fun playing basketball than she has in, you know, a while. Um, just because of the, you know, the uh, situation that she's in, she has her daughter, she doesn't, she doesn't have to, you know, travel away from family. And she seems to be healthy for the first time in, I mean, it, it, at least two years. Right. And when you go up and down the Sparks roster, not only can she get that childlike spirit from her daughter, Layla, but she can get that from somebody who looks up to her, like Christina Nigwe, who she's going up against in practice, an athletic big. She can get that from Rashonda Gray, who is not going to stop. She can get that from Brittany Sykes, who is still trying to earn a long-term contract in the WNBA. She can get that from Sydney Weiss. She can get that from the youngest player on the team, Taya Cooper, who is – just a totally different generation than her. Somebody who calls her grandma. You know what I'm saying? Like Taya Cooper is literally calling Candace Parker and Simone Augustus like a 35 and a 34 year old grandma. I mean, actually, (laughs) actually I said, I said high school, I actually looked up Simone's age. Sorry, Simone. I was in grade school watching Simone play LSU. Sorry, but no, no, seriously. Like I was in like about like eighth grade. She's I think six years older than me. So I was in about like seventh. I was about like in seventh grade. Watching her at seventh grade, sixth grade, watching her at LSU. So right. I mean, Taya, I mean, I was same age watching Candace. I was in basically grade school watching Candace when you know she was in college. So Taya, I mean, she might have been what six, if that, <laughs> if, if that, that she might have been she might have been six. So um, yeah, I I I I 
I think Candace will have a better season than what she had last year. And the flashes that she showed last year, hopefully those won't be flashes. Those will be consistent for her to play this year. Because she did win a um, conference player, well, no, no, the, the, the WBA player of the week, if I'm not mistaken, last year. I think it was right after she returned from injury. It was maybe she like did. a week after she she um, um, um she returned from injury that she uh, Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So hopefully that type of play can be consistent throughout the entire year and not just and and also honestly I hate to say it like this, but I think like having having the big rotation a little bit more shored up will help her as well. Because I feel like there's more responsibility placed on her and NECA, but I feel like that's not a bad thing. No, it's not. They want responsibility. They are players who in their peak minutes are used to playing 30 some minutes a game. Candace Parker hasn't done that the past couple seasons, but NECA is the type of player who, when it comes down to crunch time, like she will stay in the game as long as she wants to. Yeah. Like she is a 2016 MVP. She's made the all-star team several times. She's made all WNBA several times, all defensive several times, every award that she's eligible for. She's got it several times. Okay, and she's the type of player she just plays and it's it's tireless. And every once in a while it may catch up with her. But that's what Derek Fisher has to do this year is make sure it it never catches up with NECA. Make sure it never catches up with Candice, uh, Candice, make sure it never catches up with Chelsea and definitely make sure it never catches up with Simone Augustus. Like you got to keep all their minutes low. Now, I don't think you can play Chelsea Gray 25 minutes a game. You're talking about a 40 minute game. That's she not shouldn't realistic. play 40 minutes like she did. That's last not year. realistic. It's not happen, right. Well, she shouldn't play 40 minutes, but I'm she saying 40. 40, I'm saying in a 40 minute game, it's not realistic that Chelsea 40. is only going to play 25. I agree. But 30? She shouldn't only play 25. But 30? She can get up 32. 32, 33. She was doing 33 last year. And what yeah. happened? That's what I'm yes. saying. So try to pull it back a little bit, man. Yes, but also the thing that Fish said is even, you know, last year, I think one of the things that helps with rest is that you actually know when you're practicing. You know, it was times last year. They didn't know when they was practicing. They didn't, you know, know the times. People had to go find. I mean, we, I mean, like, we remember times when, you know, Coach was talking about, yes, we're going to try to find y'all at the gym if y'all want to get shots up. That's true. Find y'all at the gym. Like, we don't, like, because this may be occupied. They may be doing some tournament here. I think the Drew League was even having games at that gym, if I'm not mistaken. And they had to go and, like, practice somewhere in, like, Pasadena or something like that. So, like, at least they have, like, one set site that they're going to practice yeah. at. They have, I mean, you even see through the media days, like, this week, they're all at one time. They're not mm-hmm. at different times. They're all at one time. So, you have, like, one set schedule. So, I think all those things also help with rest. And, like you said, the fact that they're not traveling anywhere. And it's not like, you know, they they had ladies traveling, you know, like charter flight. It's like, no, nah, a lot of it was flying like commercial. So if yeah. I just frame my ankle and now I got to fly commercial, it's going to recover process is going to be a little bit different as opposed to if I sprain my ankle and I go back to the crib 10 minutes later. And the Sparker didn't even travel when she was hurt. It was just like she just had to stay at home. And then same time, like you don't get the same, you know, care because I mean, who knows? Like the team physicians may be on the road, so now you got to rely on, you know, other things. So again, like I think that them being all in one set site will even help them be able to play more minutes because I don't think they should be, they should be tired from on the court activities, but the off the court struggles shouldn't weigh as heavily on them. Ideally, for me, if I'm Coach Fisher and Coach Trammell, I'm playing Candice Parker. I'm trying to get her to average 25 minutes a game. That's but I want a strong 25. You can play most of the first quarter. Probably don't play much second. 
They do a really great job coming out after halftime. They're a great third quarter team, at least they were last year. So I expect them to be that again. So you play a good amount of the third quarter. And then if the game is close, obviously you have to finish with Candace Parker. So somehow you figure out 25, 26 minutes in that. But Chelsea Gray, I wouldn't play her over 30 minutes. I know you said she can play 32, 33. I agree with that. But ask your bench players to do a little bit more. Now you have a true point guard backup in Taya Cooper. She's earning respect in practice. Why can't she play eight minutes a game? That's eight minutes. And then give Sydney Weiss two minutes to dribble the ball or let or just let Candace play point guard for two minutes by herself on the court. There's yeah. different ways you can do it. Brittany Sykes can bring the ball up the court. All these guards can dribble. Yeah, but also the thing about Chelsea TRP like, can dribble. Like yeah, no, TRP shouldn't be running. I'm just like um setting up the offense. Shout out TRP, but she played she played point guard the last year in North Carolina. Yeah, Sydney but, played point guard her last year at Oregon State. That's yes. what I'm saying. Like all of these yes. are versatile players. I'm not saying they play five minutes a game, six minutes a game. I'm just saying a couple possessions, a couple stretch. Yes, but it's ways to get Chelsea rest while she's on the court fences. When I don't, I, I don't think Chelsea needs to be the main ball handler every single possession down the court. Like when Candace is out there, like you said, you can let Candace run, you know, point That's guard true. and play like the Nuggets do with Jokic. You know, Jokic will bring the ball up. I mean, Jamal Murray's the point guard, but he not bringing the ball up court every single time. And I think that also, especially the fact that you don't have Christy Tolliver this year, I think sometimes you do want to put Chelsea off ball and make her more of a scorer and not have to have her worrying about setting up the offense. So I That's think 30, true. like 30, 32 minutes is like fine. I'm not saying she go out there and play 35, 37 minutes. I think that's kind of unnecessary. I think 30, 32 minutes, if you use her correctly, you know, don't like run a ragged. But like, See, you use that's, her that's why she averaged 33 minutes last year is because there were those 40 minute games and those 38 minute games and those 36 minute games. And all of those added up for the occasional time when she only played 28 and that pulled the average to 33. So that's what I'm saying. Like, there's going to be games when she's going to play 36, 37. So that's why if you're trending closer to 30 for most games, I think you'll get a more effective Chelsea Gray long-term because all of these players are working themselves back into shape. And I think they'll average their averages will be closer to 30 for Chelsea and NECA and Candace 25 and everybody else 25 and under. Because in the beginning of the season, like the first week or two, like you got to play everybody. I've talked about this numerous times on Twitter and on the show, like expanded rotation. You have to have an expanded rotation in the beginning of the season or inevitably something bad is going to happen. Either somebody's going to get, you know, really tired and fatigued or I don't want to say it, but somebody's going to get hurt. If you play too many minutes right out the gate, it doesn't matter if the sparks are two and two after the first four games. It doesn't matter if they're three and one or one and three. Now, if they were zero and four, yeah, it matters. One and three or one oh no, one and three matters. No, no, I I, I think zero and four matters. If there's one and three after the first games, then the reason why I would say one and three matters is because of how last season ended, and certain people already have an agenda against fish. So with the way last season, if you come out here and start one and three, people gonna start talking. So I think one and three, zero and four matters. If they two and two. It, whatever it's two and two fine nobody's gonna be mad about it with, with a uh, 500 record one and three depending on how the one and three happened yeah but this is how one and three can happen real easy 
Because depending four, on how the one and three happen, the first four games are the Mercury, then the Sky, then the Sun, then the Storm. That's all in a week. That's Saturday to Saturday. They can yeah. easily mess around and be one and three. They can. And I'm not saying they will. They can. They can. But then you're gonna have people talking about, well, they was supposed to be championship contenders. Are they really that good? You know the talk. The talk. Right. But, they, but then the next two games after that are the Fever and the Aces. But so again, then they can. And they could be back to three and three but, after but, the but, first six games. But but again, it's about – I mean, you can lose the games, but how did you lose those games? If That's you true. just, you know, lost competitively, then it's like, all right, whatever. Like, you could easily be, you know, three and one and not one and three. But if you come out there and get smoked. <laughs> yes. If they, get, times, if they get smoked, then there's a problem. But problem. I can't see that happening with the style of play I'm expecting for the beginning of the season. I'm expecting up and down. I'm expecting Chelsea to have opportunities to get our ISO gray on. I'm expecting Candace opportunities to do that. I know we talked to Simone Augustus and we'll talk about that a little later in the show, but she was saying, Oh, I don't know if I'm going to be doing my, my ISO and my, yeah, nah, she is. She's, <laughs> she's going to get, for it. she's going to get that ball. If she's coming off the bench, which I mean, I think she is, but who knows after, a while who knows what's really going to happen i want to talk about that too and i think that's something we want to continue to talk about is like will this starting lineup that they start the season with be the lineup that they finish with i know candace parker's gonna start the whole season if she's healthy candace i know is gonna start i know and gonna start as well yeah but the You're other good. two the other two i don't know i mean i think trp is gonna start for I think so. The entire year, just just because of what she brings to the game defensively, you know, I think you always need to have somebody who just focus on playing, guarding somebody. I think she should start the whole season, I but I but I don't know if she will. I think she should because I think TRP is the most selfless player they have that can start. I agree. Like she's not going to be looking to as soon as she gets the ball shoot. Like offense is not going to be her first thought, but that may be Raquana's first thought. And honestly, sometimes that may be Simone Augusta's first thought. If she's feeling good, she might try a little something. It might work. It might not. I, I think another person who could honestly start, let's say Simone is cool with coming off the bench like she said she is, and it stays that way. Even Raquana told me, you know, I expect to start. But if they ask me to come off the bench, I will. Another person who I could see starting along with the TRP is Brittany Sykes eventually. Now, I don't know how much time they're going to give Brittany Sykes to gel with a TRP, Candace Parker, Neka Agumakay, and Chelsea Gray lineup. But if they give her a chance, that's a really, I know she's only 5'9", but that's a very athletic Five nine person who can guard the one, two, and three, and who can close. I saw a video who can close out from the the paint to the three point line in one step. I mean, I feel you, but at at that point, I kind of rather would would have Sydney start, and just because even like last year, like her her plus minus, no matter what, was usually always positive. That's always. true. It was always positive. She That's can hit an open point. jump shot. You can't just like leave her alone. She can mm -hmm. hit an open jump shot. She'll do some of the things that other people don't want to do. She will guard. She's long. 
She is mm-hmm. like six feet. She does have a decent length. So I would rather if you don't want to start Simone and you don't want to because you don't want to, let's say you don't want to start Simone at the you know guard spot because of her age and you know so maybe she doesn't have the same mobility that she uh, once had. I understand that Raquana. I would personally rather have Raquana come off the bench because she's the type of player that I like to just you go in a game and you just shoot the ball. You don't do nothing right. else besides don't think don't even try to don't, you don't you don't have to guard nobody. If you don't want to, you don't have to set up the offense. If you don't want to, go in the game, and if you see the rim, shoot it. Shoot mm. the ball mm. for the 10 minutes that you're going to – the 10 minute stretch you're going to play, shoot. Right. Don't worry about yeah. nothing else. But I don't want that starting, though, because starting, you got to come in with, like, a different mentality. You got to work the ball around. You you just can't be out there doing that. So I would personally actually rather Sydney start, and also you think about camaraderie from last year, if you're not going to go with Simone Augustus, which, which again, you may not because you're going to have to put her at probably the guard spot, like at her age. Yeah, I don't – I don't – I would not start Simone Augustus over TRP because you got to have that defense to yeah, start yeah, off. So – there's like this one spot, but Derek Fisher really likes Raquana Williams' game. He likes he likes above average three point shooters, and he likes aggressive players. Like that's what Raquana is. She's an aggressive player on the court. She's going to get under. She's going to try on defense. She's not a, a all defensive team type talent like TRP. She is a she but, can be an intimidating defender at times, just because like you have to deal with her for forty minutes. Mm-hmm. Like, bro, relax. Like, stop. Get off of me. Like, no, relax, that, she's not going to relax. And she's not going to relax. So, like, she can be an intimidating defender. Yeah. They have so many options. And, you know, if there comes a stretch in the season where, because Derek Fisher is asking all of the players to be honest about how they feel. Because it's 22 games. The goal is to make it to the playoffs, first of all. And then eventually win the championship. So, if that is the goal. And a player like Simone Augustus says, you know what? I'm just not feeling it today. Then she probably will not play. And that same could go for Candace, NECA, even Chelsea. If somebody honestly says, because we've seen everybody but Chelsea not play in a game. We've seen NECA take time off because she felt fatigued. Obviously, we've seen Candace Parker be out because she was hurt. Simone Augustus, the same thing. So if these players are honest with themselves... I can see a time when somebody load manages where they just sit out because you got you got enough players where you can manage where somebody doesn't play a game or two. You, you got, got you got enough wings. You finally got enough wings and you finally got enough bigs where the couple people towards the end of the bench are not going to be like clamoring and like oh I'm a first round pick I should get more playing time and feeling like they could be out there doing, you know, the things that they just got finished doing in college. You don't have that this year. So if Marie Gulich plays 15 minutes in a game, I'm sure she'd be excited to play 15 minutes in a game to be promoted higher in the lineup. If Rashonda Gray gets to start, I'm sure she'd be excited to start, but she's not coming here to start. I mean, I guess the thing in general, I think you have a little bit more balanced roster than you know what you had last year. I think you have more guard. Like I mean, like like you say, you 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 actually for the most part have guards and wings. Like you have right. you can slide the guard spot, and then you have some actual wings. Um, obviously it sucks that you know Christy when it doesn't look. I mean, obviously for Christy had her own reasons for not doing it, and you know, well validated. But obviously right. for the for the Sparks, it sucks that she's not there. 
because I mean, I think that she was a key piece of it. And, and I think that she was a player who was a comma guard. Like you could now then in that situation, you could have played Chelsea 25 minutes if you wanted to at that point in time, because you know, you got, uh, I would have played her third. I would have, I would want to play Chelsea more minutes if I had Christy Tolliver, if that makes any sense, because think of the damage that Chelsea can do off the ball. No, nah, yeah, that nah, isolation. No, nah, yeah, no, nah, no. Nah, like then, I, then like, I'm back to playing her a bunch of minutes because it's less stressful minutes. No, nah, nah, I'm saying like either way you want to go, you could have played her less minutes or you could have played her more minutes because basically she can do all the same things Chelsea can do. Like you basically got kind of like the same player. I think Chrissy's ISO game is a little bit better because I think her footwork is like a little bit better. And I think Chelsea may be the better point guard, but in general, you kind of sort of have like the same player, but in general, even without having Chrissy Tolliver there, I still think they have a more balanced roster than what they had last year. Like last year they had like seven bigs on the roster at one point in time, like six, seven bigs on like the roster. No, it's actually, it's actually the same, but I feel like still it's more it's actually, like, it's actually the same division. They have the same amount of bigs this year as they had last year, because last year they had Candace Necker, Shanae, Kalani Brown and Vadiva. This year they got Candace, Neca, Rashonda Gray, Christina Nigwe, and Marie Gulich. So it's but, the same amount. But I feel like they all do different things. I agree. Which is why I say it's a little bit more balanced. I in agree. my opinion. I agree. And now you have bigs who maybe every other game will even attempt a three. Like Gulich is a one out of three, three-point shooter. Now she didn't take a lot. I think she took like 24 in the whole season, but she made eight. So. What's that, if so, 24%? No, eight out of 24, 33%, one out of three. That's what I'm saying. So, I mean, you got a one out of three, so she gonna make a three a week. Okay. That three could help. The way you said that was hilarious. She gonna make a three a week. What, she takes three in a week. Make she makes a three a week. Go make a three a week, but no, no, like I but it's the spacing. That's what I'm no, saying. No, it's, no, it's not even that. It's, 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 it's like even listening to like somebody like like um Rashawn to talk. She seemed like she just want to come in there and do everything else that everybody else not gonna do. Exactly. But she just want to come in there. And you know what? Hey, if tonight I I I got a box out, I'm fine with that. I'm just I'm just happy to get on the court and get playing time. I don't Every, know. Like, go ahead. Everything Cheney was trying to do off the bench. Yeah. That's what Rashawn Gray is trying to do. Yeah. And yeah. it was harder for Chenea Gumake to do it because she was used to being a starter and she was used to getting that that initial read, starting the game, knowing exactly who she's going up against and thinking about it methodically as a Stanford University self-proclaimed nerd would do. She like she's, a, she's an analytical player. She's also used to getting touches. Like if you was used right. to getting, let's say, I don't know, just for reference, 40 touches a game, and now they go down to 20, you have affected my game a lot. As opposed to Rashonda, I don't I mean, I don't think in no time in the WNBA has she ever seen 40 touches in the game, <laughs> no. probably. No, like, she, she hasn't probably seen, ain't that seen that many that since college. Like, college or maybe even high school. College. That many touches. College or college. She was, she was a dominant player at Cal. She ain't seen that many since college. Right. So you saw just about a player who come into like a whole different mindset and mentality. Whereas like Shanae had to adjust her game. Rashonda coming in like from the first day we had talked to Rashonda, she was like, "I just want to hustle, get rebounds, and bring energy." Right. She didn't say she want to score. She didn't say nothing. She said, "I want to hustle, rebound, get nope. in, bring energy." Nope. So like those are the players that you want to have coming off your bench. Right, and that's why I'm so excited in my mind to see a person like that be the third big, because. You're only taking Candice or NECA out. You don't take them both out at the same time. So when they're separated, 
then that's going to allow one of them to really be the primary post scorer and truly shine. Both of them can make inside baskets with relative ease for the most part. NECA has a great up and under like she's that's her patented move. Candace Parker is obviously going to be looking to make those easy shots that she missed last year. So Rashonda Gray is the perfect compliment for them. I agree. She's a perfect compliment for them. Um, I guess I want to talk about this first game because they're playing the Mercury. The Mercury obviously have a new big three of yep. Skylar Diggins Smith. Diana Tarazi, who appears to be healthy, looking good in the practice videos I've seen, the shots looking good. And then 6'9", Brittany Griner. Mm-hmm. The Sparks and the Mercury are natural rivals. They've always gone against each other in the Western Conference. But this is my first question to you. Do you think Skylar Diggins-Smith is ready to be picked up full court by TRP in the first game from the first possession? <laughs> uh, I think she'll be fine. I think it'll be annoying. That's what I'm saying. It's your first game back in a whole year, and you dealing with this. I think she'll be fine, but I think she'll it'll 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 uh, it'll be annoying. I do think she'll struggle a little bit. I I I I think the Mercury backcourt in general. I mean, it's basically Diana' first game in a year two as well. Like she played what three games last year maximum, three, four, five games. Wasn't many. Two, maybe, maybe, maybe two. So it's basically her. I mean, and also they lost Dewana Bonner, which. Especially looking at the team last year, it was, I mean, in general, it was a huge part, but especially looking at the team last year because Diana wasn't there. So I yeah. think it'll take them a while to adjust their play style a little bit. Um, and even maybe Brittany Griner may have to get used to not being looked at first on the play. Like this play may just be She's for already Scott. used to that. But not with last year, though. Like last year, I not like last she, year. No, not, last year, not, like they gave it the ball. They, they like last year, she was usually the first option on every single play. Now, the years passed when you play with Diana and things like that. Okay, cool. But this is 2020, and we going off what happened last year. Yeah, last year. So she may even have to readjust her game a little bit. I think Phoenix will be in the end as long as they stay healthy. I think they'll be right there. But I think initially, I think the Sparks will have. Yeah. A little, I could be wrong, but I think the Sparks will have a little bit better chemistry initially than what the Mercury will. I think the Sparks are a deeper team. I believe the Sparks have 12 and the Mercury do not even have 12 players in the Wubble right now. So they're already a a statistically or numerically deeper team. Like you said, I think that they have a lot more chemistry. And I love the big three of the Mercury. Skylar, Diana, and Brittany Griner. I love it, but I feel like their margin of error is razor thin. Like one of them get hurt or one of them not going the way they want them to go. They back to last year, back to barely making the playoffs. Always uh, competitive, but. I mean, I I think. Because we only talking about 22 games. You slip up for like eight, yeah, nine fair. games. Yeah, that's you barely making the playoffs. That's, that's what I'm saying. You, you have a, a rough two or three weeks. That's half the season. Like you got to be on point from game one, yet you still got to play expanded rotations and not get anybody hurt from game one. So there's like gamesmanship in here. So like you can't show all your moves and use everything in the first couple of weeks just to get those first couple of wins. But like you said, if you're the Sparks and you're a championship contender, you don't want to go one and three. Same for the Mercury. You don't want to go one and three. 
any of the teams that think they have a real shot at the championship do not want to go one and three. Even the Sun don't want to go one and three the first couple games. No, nah, you don't want to go one and three. Nobody wants one to go three. one and three. Shouldn't but I guarantee you, after the first four games, there's going to be some one and three teams. Everybody's not going to be two and two. I can agree with that. Everybody's not going to be two and two. It might even be somebody on four. It might be. Now, can you imagine being on four after the first week and you play four games in a week? How would you feel then? And you got to sit around each other. That's going to get real uncomfortable. So, so check, check this out. So this is, this is my thing. This is my thing about the Wubble. And I want to see what happens when there's true adversity in seven weeks. Yeah, facts. Imagine being a team the first two weeks, you one in six or one in seven, and you are a player at the end of the bench barely getting any playing time. Imagine you didn't play in seven, eight games. You didn't play 10 minutes total. Because they just think you're a practice player. What you gonna do then? Yeah, that's yeah, no, that's great. That's that's a great. I mean, it's it's a great question because everything is all good now. You know, it's cool when we, we you know we just practicing, we all love each other, we ain't really hitting no adversity, you ain't turn the ball over no pivotal spot. And then I gotta go back to the villa and sit with you the rest of the night. Mm-hmm. And you can turn the ball over in the pivotal. I mean, I granted, obviously, I think certain people can you know leave certain things on the court, but like you said, if we on like a four game losing streak and we came down here solely to play basketball and I be on a four game losing streak and now I can't even go home, I think that's when it'll, the whole bubble wobble situation will get really interesting because I don't think there's any real separation from each other. Another but, way. So real quick, that could be a good thing though. Could it be could good be because you're forced to talk things out. But think about it like this: inevitably, there's going to be some smoke on the court too. We saw it last year when the Dallas Wings played the Mercury when. Brittany Griner and Christina Nigway got in their fight or whatever you want to call that. Okay. Now I want to say, first of all, that they've squashed it. They have met up during the off season. They've even worked out during the off season in Phoenix. So there is no more bad blood between them on the court. But if you're talking about 12 teams playing 22 games, somebody is not going to like something that somebody on the other team did. Yeah. But I don't think no, you, but, yeah. but, but then a couple minutes later, Y'all gonna be getting COVID tests together, or you gonna see them, see them at the villa, down the yeah, block on the villa. Gonna, they go, they yeah. gonna be down the block on the villa, yeah, or they gonna be down the hallway in the hotel, or down the hallway in the apartments. Yeah, but I don't think nobody. What's gonna, gonna happen then? Yeah, but I don't think nobody gonna, unless it's a real, 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 real serious issue, which usually is not. You know, Timbers player playing basketball all the time. I think we didn't all got into some type of tussle. Yeah, but, that yeah, but we've all, but they've always had time to totally separate. You don't have to look at this person the next morning. Like, you don't have to look at them later that night. Yeah, yeah, but also I think there's enough separation in like the wobble was like you don't see everybody 24-7. I think you yeah, basically you can, your team 24-7. Hey, hey, but you can pull up on them if you want to. Yeah, but I don't think nobody gonna be pulling up on it unless there's a serious, 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 serious issue that runs deeper than just we we got heated during a basketball game. Unless that That's was a serious issue that was serious, serious disrespect had, which I don't think happens. Like even when you know the Christmas thing and Nigger and like Brittany Griner. Fight because it wasn't yeah. a fight. It was, right. it was that 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 it was, was the not That was that was shout out Christine. That was not squabbling. That was not squabbling. But even like like even like most of these issues ain't serious for real for real. Like I really don't like you. We just tempers fair in the heat of the moment. You know people get aggressive. It's basketball. We leave it there. Leave it on the court. Cool. Now, granted, I don't know what issues people have with it with you know each other off the court. But I don't. I I think it'll be fine. I hope so. 
I think because if, it, if it's not, there's way too much proximity. That's I mean, what I mean, way too, if somebody is a 10, 15 minute walk or tram ride right away from you, know me, how mad you got to be to walk 15 minutes to fight somebody, dude. Two people drove all the way to Temecula to fight over Kobe. That did happen. You so know you how tell, mad you got to be to do that? So, you telling me you can't hold a grudge for 20 minutes and, and pull it, up on somebody? It, it, it really got to be like two hours. Two hours? Because you got to get through the rest of the game. You got to go. You're probably going to shower. Maybe if you shower there. I don't know. Go shower. Uh-huh. Get home. Uh-huh. Change clothes. Uh-huh. Then decide, I got to find this person is. I'm going to go uh-huh. squabble. So uh-huh. it's really like two hours. Okay. okay. I think it'll be fine. I think <laughs> I, I, hope, I think it'll be fine. I hope so. I it's just a funny want- concept. It's a funny I concept. To, I just wanted to bring it up because shout out to Simone Augustus. She does these IG lives on Tuesdays or Wednesdays. And that was one of the things that somebody had asked her about that she brought it up. So no. I just want to talk about it because no, no, I, I thought it was funny. No, it's a and funny concept. It no, it's a funny concept. And as long as nobody gets hurt, right, it would be great content. <laughs> it would be great we content. Don't, we don't need it because you know we what? We don't need it. You know what's probably the most reported story last year in the WNBA? What? The, the grinder fight. Nah, I feel like it was the Fisher fallout. The Fisher fallout was the most reported story in the WNBA last year. Okay, well, what was the second? The Griner fight. Yes, I feel like it's a debate between the Griner fight and the um and the um Bembry shot because the Bembry shot like blew up. Oh, Hambry, Hambry? yeah, yeah, Hambry, yeah. Hambry, not Bembry, Hambry, yeah. Hambry. And the, uh, the, the yeah, um, yeah, 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 the uh, handy okay. shot, the, the, but whatever the that fight was top three, so top five, yeah. though, for sure. Okay, top five whatever, sure. whatever top it was, we don't need it. Uh, we talked about we mentioned Chanae is not gonna be playing this year, Chrissy Tolliver is not gonna be playing, but do have an announcement on one of the things that Chanae is gonna be doing. Obviously, we see her on ESPN as a NBA analyst. I, I have dubbed her my nickname for her is the analyst. Uh, so shout out to Janae, but she's going to be doing a nationally syndicated radio show on ESPN radio with Mike Golick Jr. I believe it's supposed to be four to seven starting next month. And so that's major. That's major news to have a player who has been with ESPN for just a few years. I mean, it's not like she's been there for 10 years. Okay. She just started getting involved with them probably a couple years into her time with the Connecticut Sun. She got herself traded out to L.A. so she could be closer to ESPN L.A. stuff and be with her sister and everything like that. She still wants to win a championship with her sister, but she won't be able to do that this year in 2020. But to be nationally syndicated on radio, ESPN radio, because if you know anything about ESPN radio stations, um, they will have like, some of them will have a local morning show if they're in just like random parts of the country, or some of them will have an afternoon show, but they normally don't have both. So there's going to be a lot of places, a lot of stations who are going to be exposed to Janae who have never been exposed to her. And I yeah. think they're going to love her. Yeah. It's, it's, um, 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 for one, you know, uh, shout out a black woman doing anything positive right. um, in the world. So for one, shout out that you got to commend that number one, um, then you take it to the women aspect, shout out a woman, you know, doing something great and positive, um, mm-hmm. you know, um, in the world. And also for like Sinead, I think just her journey is so much bigger than just basketball. 
Very um, much. You know, like, I, like, like, I think basketball is literally just like the first step in a very, very long journey, you know, for Shanae. I think she'll do way more things. And it's not to say she won't do great things on the court. I think she'll do way better things off the court than what she'll do on the court. Mm-hmm. So, and she's already been an all star more than once yeah, in the so, league. Yeah. And her so, career is not over in the league. But when you come from the, the family that she's come from, you know, her mom is one of the it's part of the the executive staff in the school district. She's basically like a superintendent in the school district. Yeah. I mean, her sister is the president of the Players Association. Janae herself is one of the vice presidents of it. One of her sisters is both her sisters are pursuing graduate degrees. One of them is about to be is going to medical school. Yeah. And while she's going to medical school, Erica is going to try to make the Nigerian Olympic team to play in 2021 in the Olympics and still try to make the WNBA at some point. Yeah. So, like, that's just what they do. Yeah. But shout out Shanae on the show. Um, I wish her all the best. Uh, I'm sure it'll be a great listen. Um, she's a very entertaining and interesting person in general. You know, just being around her and listening to her talk. Right. Um, so I'm sure it'll be great. So shout out her and, you know, shout out a black woman just, you know, doing something positive in the world throughout everything going on. So shout out Shanae. And Janae, you have an open invitation to come on the Spark Report whenever you want. Agreed. Anytime. Right. Um, one other person who has an open invitation as well is Elena Beard. Because Elena. Elena Beard is going to be missed on the Sparks this year. You yourself, Pavi, asked not only Chelsea Gray, but also Neka Agumake about the impact of Elena Beard and what struck you about what they said. Um, just seemed like they just miss her, you know, like outside of just basketball, I mean, basketball is whatever, but seemed like they just really just miss her, you know, and just what she brought to their lives more so than anything else. Um, you know, like even Chelsea, I don't think Chelsea even mentioned anything about basketball, if I'm not mistaken, or like, like if she did, it was like a small two line thing. You know, she was talking about, you know, her showing her life things, you know, like mm-hmm. where to shop, how to eat, how to be a professional, how to take care of your body. You know, just like things that help you out in life, not necessarily just basketball, but just life and just really being a friend. And she can talk about, you know, how she can always reach out, pick up FaceTime and FaceTime her and end up talking to her for, you know, an hour. So it seems like Elena was just like a everybody's friend. You know, it seemed like she was just a friend of everybody. And it runs deeper than just bad. I mean, because like the last year, I mean, obviously, you know, she's you know coaching the sideline, two-time defense player of the year. She's been around basketball for forever. But, I mean, last year it wasn't like she was out there playing, you know, 30 minutes a night or something like that. You know, she right. wasn't playing that much basketball, you know, last year. So it, seemed like they, so it seemed like they really just missed her. And NECA even said that she was proud of the way that she walked away. Like, she walked away on her own terms. She could have still played. Mm-hmm. And the Sparks would have been glad to have her back. I'm sure right. she still would have been effective as well. But she decided for herself that she was done with the game. And you can't, you know, you can't be mad at anybody for that. And you got to appreciate somebody walking away um, on their own terms. Well said, well said. Hopefully the person who can fill that friend to every player's role or that relationship is Simone Augustus. Money Moan, a.k.a. Funny Moan. Like, hopefully she can do it because she has been the one that once she got around everybody, everybody's like, wow, we love her personality. Wow, she's so funny. She's so fun. She's so cool. And everybody is like, Oh, you the goat, you the goat, you the goat. So you got like a cool goat. 
No, nah, nah, she, nah, she's. I mean, even you know, from the interview that we did. I mean, I mean, hopefully, you know, you guys have all seen it. If not, I mean, we can put it in the comments somewhere, something like that. Pin it. But um, she's super cool. Just even you know, talking to her, um, she was very receptive with us, in my opinion. Um, this is like I think the what maybe fourth time I spoke to her at this point now. I know we did the introductory press conference. I think she's done like two other media days. Mm-hmm. Um, she's been really coolly designed. So like you can approach her and ask her about pretty much whatever basketball wise. She just seems like a really cool, kind-hearted human being. And obviously, the knowledge that she has for the game is is I mean, you know, she's been doing this for forever. The right. One, done been great. Right. Um, it's her 15th season. 15th season, like she's she's you know been a role player and she's been the best player on the team. So I think mm-hmm. that she's one of those players. It's it's not many greats who have been effective role players and also been effective superstars. It's, it's hard to do both. This is how far my appreciation for Simone Augustus goes back. I remember when Simone Augustus was the number one ranked player in her class. In eighth grade, yeah, she's been an upper echelon player since she was in eighth grade. Pavy, yeah. can you imagine that? Yeah, We're talking I, 20 I some years of being one of the best players in the world, uh, or on that track at least. Again, again, I, 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 that was she was coming up in the time period in which I actually watched more high school and college sports because they were closer to my age than I even did professional sports. So when I was like, you know, grade school, like late grade school and high school, I actually watched more, like I said, college and high school sports than I did professional sports because they were again closer to my age. And the point I was making about, you know, effective superstar and like, you know, um, effective role player is that she can relate to everybody. Mm-hmm. She can relate to the best player on the team and know what they're going through and also relate to the role player, the people who just play a role. Because later on in her career, obviously, she's still effective, but she's not, you know, it's not 10 years ago. She's not the superstar that she once was, even though she's still a really, really good basketball player. Right. She's, she's not, not averaging 20 a game. Yeah. Yeah. Like, yeah. Like, she's not doing that. So she knows how to play a role and also be effective and be selfless in that role. So I think that having her around is great because she can relate to everybody because she knows mm-hmm. what everybody's going through. And what I really took away from just talking to her over the time period that we've been getting to know her is that she said she doesn't consider herself the GOAT or a GOAT. And what really stuck with me is she said, I want to be coached like a rookie or a first year player or a second or third year player. Like coach me like I'm new, like I'm new. I'm learning this too. Like this is new for me. So for somebody to say that, and to mean it is important because she didn't have to say that. Especially as good as her. Because right. she's a person that 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 somebody that a coach could definitely have to walk on eggshells around. Mm-hmm. You know, so for her to come out and, and say, it sounded oh, like it sounded like people were doing that in the beginning, and she doesn't want them to do that. So hopefully they've stopped. Yeah, 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 yeah. So I mean, especially with how last year ended, mm-hmm. she's a person where you know you bring in, you know, her and her stature. You might walk on eggshells around and be like, you know what? I'm gonna just let her do what she want to do because that's Simone Augustus. But no, for her to say, no, nah, coach me. If I messed up, let me know. I, I right. like, I, I'm, I'm, I'm coming here to win basketball games and nothing more. So shout out Simone for taking that attitude and um having that approach um to the for the uh, Sparks this year. Right, she's going for that fifth ring on her finger. You know who's going for the first one? Taya Cooper, the only rookie on the team. We also interviewed her. Great interview. One of the takeaways is. 
this young lady brought 29 pairs of shoes. I respect it. One thousand to the get them fits. So I, I respect <laughs> it. Get 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 them fit. You ain't got nothing else to do. Get them fits off. Instagram gonna go up the whole time. I one thousand percent respect it. Do you own 29 pairs of shoes? Uh no, at this point in my life, I don't. When I was like eight, when I was her age, I did own 29 pairs of shoes, mm -hmm. though. Yeah. At this point in time in my life, no, nah, I don't. But when I, I was think, her age, yes. Yeah. I think I may be close to it, but I definitely don't have 29 that are that stylish or anything like that. But so Taya Cooper, her role is interesting. This is the player that they signed to fill Christy Tolliver's roster spot. Yeah. If Rashonda Gray is filling Chenea Gumake's roster spot, then Taya Cooper is filling Christine, or excuse me, Christy Tolliver's roster spot. But it seems like she's going to be more than a practice player, or at least she's trending that way. Like, yes, she's being up in practice, and she's she's going to give Chelsea Gray some competition in practice and make her work hard and everything like that. But it seems like. I'm really interested to see what happens when Taya Cooper gets her opportunities. She could play. I believe, I believe they will be limited in the beginning, but let's see. Um, she can play. I uh, I think she has a decent jump shot. I think she's mm -hmm. a strong guard. I think she's somebody who can put pressure on the um, defense. And as long as she can play some, put pressure on the opposing defense. And the one thing that everybody um has been saying about her is that she d's up. So mm -hmm. if if you can play defense, you can always get on the court. And, you know, if, even if you missing shots, if you're going down on the other end and competing defensively, there will always be some room for you to play at any level of basketball. Mm -hmm. Definitely. And if we're talking about – if I'm talking about Chelsea Gray only playing 30 minutes a game, you're saying 32. That's eight minutes right there. Like, yeah. if, this, if the Sparks could literally give her all of the backup point guard minutes, I'm sure they'd be fine with doing that. Because there's other things that Sidney Weiss, like you said, there's other things Sidney Weiss can be doing than worrying about being a primary ball handler. There's other things that TRP can be doing than worrying about being a primary ball handler. Same goes with anybody else on the bench that is a guard height. Right. There's other things they can be doing. So if Taya Cooper can handle 10 minutes a game and you know you can count on her and you're going to be like, ooh, that was a tough 10 minutes of defense. Ooh, she got a Nice couple looks at threes. Oh, that was a nice strong drive to the basket. Then this is a player who's going to earn herself a contract from some WNBA team long term. I think whether it's with the Sparks or somebody else, like this is her opportunity in that eight to ten minutes that she's going to get initially, or I don't know, five to ten minutes that she's going to get initially to stake her place in the league. I think that she'll be fine. Um, and also, I think that her being in so many situations in college will help her. I think that, I mean, I would assume she's used to a lot of different styles of coaching because, I mean, you can play for what, four, like four different schools. So it's she not like for you Tennessee, South Carolina, and Baylor. So she played yeah, three in college. Three, three. And then she had, you know, partial offseason in Phoenix or with Phoenix via Zoom. Yeah, so so you've so you've been used to different systems and different coaches. I just think that can help you adapt. Mm -hmm. Um, and again, like I said, I've watched some footage on her. She can play. I think she can set up an offense. Like I said, I think she can put pressure on the um defense. And from um all accounts and purposes, from what they've been saying in practice, she's been playing good defense. 
Right. And if she can defend, trust me, they can. Everybody can always use some defense. And imagine if she can defend and hit an above average three point shot. Or just set up an offense. I think that sometimes just setting up an offense and just knowing when to get somebody a touch, like not to compare Rondo. Rondo's not the greatest three point shooter, but Rondo gets mm-hmm. on the court because Rondo plays defense, and also Rondo just knows the game. Like, okay, let me slow down. This person needs to touch. This person needs to touch. The ball should be swung here. Nope, let's call a play. So if she can just do things like that and actually be an actual – like, really, what you want for your backup point guard is come in and study the game. Just study the game. Mm-hmm. Don't let 10-0 runs happen. Right. Don't let 8-0 runs happen. Like we just saw last in. year. Yes. Yeah, like, it's like, just come in. Just study the game. Just come in. Just yeah. keep it. If it's a four-point lead by the other team, keep it around four. If right. we got a six-point lead – don't let us be down four when the you know starting point guard come back in. Just steady the game. And most definitely, if the Sparks can get up to a twenty point lead or more, like they did several times last year, don't don't ma- don't make Chelsea Gray have to come back in the game. Don't lose a game. Just stay. If we get a twenty point lead, let's win by fourteen at least. Yes, and let Chelsea Gray take a break. Yeah, Chelsea needs to play in the playoffs, and and if all of that happens, Taylor will be playing in the playoffs as well. I agree. Because again, like you said, like she is the natural point guard on the team, other than Chelsea Gray. I so I, I think it's a great opportunity for her. Again, I think every single player on the Sparks, if the Sparks do what they think they're gonna do and win a championship, every single player on this team, obviously they will not be on the Sparks next year because they want Christy, Janae, and Maria Vidiva to join the team or rejoin the team, but there will be a place for all of these players in the league. And that's how I would be thinking about it. Yes, I want to stay on the Sparks, but what I really really want is to stay in the WNBA. You never know what. I mean, like, they're going to keep this 12? I mean, obviously not this whole 12, obviously, but if you come out here and make a good enough impression, like if Taylor Cooper come come out here and look like she's the point guard of the next 10 years, you might have to let somebody go and make some room for You You can. You can because you're going to have free agents. You will have options. So, so, I mean, hey, you never know. If you just come out here and perform and let everything else take care of itself. You win a championship, Simone should be good. She's not going to tell you it right now, but she should be good. Five rings? Done it in two different places. Done it in the Wubble. What's left? You never know. What's left? Like I said, you never, you never, ever, 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 ever know, especially if you come out here and have a good enough performance and have a good enough showing that they like, yo, we, man, we we might need to keep you around for the um, future, especially if you're a younger player, you know, mm-hmm. less than four years in the um, league, mm-hmm. around 25 years old or something like that. Mm-hmm. Hey. No. Every you're right. No, you're right. You're right. If okay, so I will amend my comments. So if I'm a player, I'm going to take this opportunity to do whatever I can to make the sparks next year. I mean, make like make the sparks next year. Stay in the. But I think you need to take the opportunity to do whatever you can to be the best player you can be, and let everything else handle itself. Okay. Because it will. Because there's room. There's room for all of these Somewhere. players. They, there's room for all of these players if they are all successful this year. Somewhere. Somewhere. Either on this team or on some other team. Somewhere. Just come out here and be the best you you can be, and let everything else take care of itself. I agree with that. I wanted to talk just a little bit about 
Derek Fisher, and then let's end on Elena Deladon. So Derek Fisher, it's his second year, but it's a different year. As you've talked to him about, he's going to try to figure out how to take time for himself inside of the Wubble. But you and I both kind of have a similar mindset about Derek Fisher. He seems to be very meticulous. And I know he said that to you, but I don't know how much he's not thinking about basketball in there. I think he's going to spend a lot of time worrying about basketball. And, but hopefully he's spending a lot of time, you know, thinking about how to do it a little different because you can't do it the exact same way as last year. You do it the same way. You'll probably get close to the same results, which they finished third in the league. That's good. That's almost great, but it's not good enough if you're trying to win a championship. Um, I agree. Um, I think that I mean, hopefully, from he's learned from the way it ended last year. You know, I think um that last series against Connecticut, I think the Spartans got outplayed, but I also think he got grossly outcoached. I think even if you ask him, he'll probably tell you from a competitive standpoint, a battle of the head coaches, he lost that. Mm-hmm. Um, and again, like I think sometimes people don't realize like players players get better, but coaches also get better. You know, sometimes you got to coach in that situation before to know what to do the next time that situation comes around. You know, I even think um, having 40 minutes shot, you know, with his, you know, rotations or, you know, having. Yeah. The rotations is the thing. You know, rotations was, was, was a, was a, was a a thing. I also think, you know, not, I mean, he's used to NBA. You have training camp. Everybody's there. You know, you get the W you have training camp. Everybody's not there. The one thing about this year, for the most part, everybody was there. Everybody Everybody was there. Everybody was there. like And and NECA made a great point. Nobody was trying to make the team. Everybody who came was on the team. Yeah. So you could just get to work. There's no grandstanding. There's no, well, I got to do this and got to do that. No, we all on one accord. We all on the team. As long as we all stay healthy, COVID and otherwise, that's the squad. Yeah. So I think that he was shocked by a lot of things last year, it, that being his first year in the W, um, coming from the NBA and, you know, being used to that and, you know, just being in the NBA circle for what, maybe the better part of like like 20 years basically at this point? 20 years, yeah. 20 years and then coming to basically, I mean, a whole, I mean, obviously still basketball, but still a whole new league. I think some things kind of shocked him a little bit. So I think this season you had that one year under your belt. All right, cool. He may feel more empowered. In the organization this year, I don't know. That's I I I, I can't one hundred percent speak to that. But some with mm-hmm. all season changes, he may feel more empowered. He may feel been asked to do more. You know, he's been so, asked to consult more. Yeah, so he may feel like his feet are more entrenched in the um sand. So I think he'll be better this year. He 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 even sounds more sure of himself and sure of what he's doing, at least from when I've talked to him, um, than he did last year. I agree with that, and I want to give you the final word, Elena Deladon. She did not receive her medical exemption for Lyme disease. I know that the mystics have said they did that, the right thing. have said that we will pay her to rehab her back, they did the, they, which they, I told you, I believe I, I believe yeah. I told you that if I was her, I would have just applied with the back. I mean, she, or, she or, go ahead. Or maybe apply with a comma, Lyme disease and back. Because she literally Tina Charles got hers for asthma. Yeah, but asthma is on. See, see, the thing about what people won't realize is it wasn't that the WNBA was just being like, you know, hard on her. Mm-hmm. Um, the CDC doesn't have Lyme disease. The CD, the actual CDC right. doesn't have Lyme disease as a high risk disease for coronavirus. 
They have asthma for it because obviously it's a respiratory disease. You already have asthma. You catch a respiratory disease, you know, so they don't have Lyme disease on the list. And the WNBA consults with the CDC when it comes to, you know, who's going to be able to get the medical exemption. So Washington did the right thing. But the reason why the WNBA denied it to my understanding from reading the um, ESPN article, and you guys can go read it for yourself, was because they go strongly off of what the CDC advises or like suggest that's what and it was the on. independent panel of doctors too like they tried to remove it like this was not a commissioner's decision yeah they agreed that to have this analyzed they would take the medical cases to an independent panel of doctors and the doctors would make the ruling and then the WNBA would stick with that and they did that, but again, based off what the CDC suggests. So the CDC, like I said, doesn't have Lyme disease as a high-risk disease. Now, granted, she has every right to feel it's not my health. It's not any of our health. So if she says she don't feel comfortable, then she don't feel comfortable. Who can argue right. with that? But right. but as far as the league, they go off the CDC or the doctor go off to the CDC. The CDC did not have Lyme disease as a high risk uh a high risk thing for um coronavirus i but, don't think she should have to risk her physical nor her mental health i agree to play down there for a paycheck so shout out to the mystics for, for doing the right figuring thing. out doing how the right thing. to get this done because that's what i was telling somebody else i'm like her salary not to say that her salary is not significant because nearly two hundred thousand dollars is a significant amount of money but in the grand scheme of things they got the for money. Or an organization that is owned by the same group that owns the Wizards and the Capitals, they can afford. John to Wall pay. probably get that in a week. Literally, it was kind of John Wall probably gets that literally in a week. And no offense to John Wall, but John Wall played basketball last when? You don't even know. 2018? 2018, I think, is probably the last time he played basketball. Or no, December 2018 was the last time he played basketball. Just so, was the last time John Wall played basketball. But yeah, so yeah, so shout out to Mystics for doing, you know, you know, doing the right thing, especially with you know, all Deladon has given that um organization. She deserves and also she's probably not even healthy. You literally no. had back surgery in right. January. Sit right. down. <laughs> oh, right. like, like literally, you're right. You should apply for the sit. I know your back can't be she should have just applied with the back. Wasn't it like, did she have surgery on like her disc in her back or something like that? Yes, yes. Yeah, sit she, down. She played the finals with three. Yeah, sit down. Sit down. Sit down. Sit down. Sit down. Sit down. So, so, yeah. Take a year off and enjoy yourself. Shout out to Mystics for, you know, doing the right thing. But I just wanted to say that because I think, you know, people were like pointing a finger at the league and like, I mean, I can understand. Like, when you read the title, it looks horrible. But then you go in and read the article, it's like, okay, I can rationalize with, you know, why they said no and put the onus on the Mystics to do the right thing. And the Mystics did the right thing. So shout out to Washington Mystics. And Deladon, uh, I hope you heal up, get better, and um, enjoy your time off. And I would just add that going forward, if I was the league, I would always put a little clause in there for and or a commissioner's exemption. Give Kathy Engelbert the opportunity to do the right thing because everything she's done so far seems great. to be that she's been great so just give her that clause that you know if, if it's not right let her take care of it agreed so but she's been great the team, though. So the team did it so shout out to her but i appreciate you
Pavi. Uh, yo, shout out to everybody who's been watching this on MLG Highlights as well as Hoops and Brews. Drop a like, yeah. drop a like, subscribe, yeah. all of that. Like, subscribe, share this as well. I got a lot of people who are enjoying this Sparks content on Facebook. So shout out to the Facebook groups as yeah. well. You can find me on Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube at John W. Davis. Where can we find you, Pav? Uh, I'm at Pavy World, P-A-V-Y World, all one word on pretty much everything. Okay. So you can find the the rapper extraordinaire, Pavy, as TPJ calls you. But, yo, shout out to you. Shout out to everybody watching. Even shout out to TPJ as well for his help putting this together as well. But, yo, I'm looking forward to the start of the season. Next time we talk, we will see how the Sparks have begun their we'll 2020 season in the Wubble. All right, y'all. Peace. Peace out.